Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel Record of Luke. The Gospel Record of Luke and chapter number 18. As we are (coughs) continuing to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus is slowly making his way to the city of Jerusalem. When he gets to Jerusalem, he's going to be uh, arrested, put on a false trial. He is going to be scourged, mocked, crucified, put in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day he is going to rise again. And Jesus knows all of these things are going to happen, and yet he is going anyways. Now as we're hitting the end of the gospel record of Luke chapter 18, Jerusalem is on the horizon. They're now crossing over the River Jordan and heading to the city of Jericho and there they're going to be heading to the final lap, heading to the final time to the city of Jerusalem and yet there's plenty of things that happen between this time and when he finally gets to Jerusalem including this pit stop that we find in the gospel record of Luke in chapter number 18. The gospel record of Luke chapter 18 and if you wouldn't mind notice with me in verse number (coughs) 35. The gospel record of Luke chapter 18 and starting at verse 35 the Bible says this and it came to pass that as he, Jesus, was come nigh into Jerusalem, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. And they that went before rebuked him. That he should hold his peace. But he cried out so much the more. Thou son of David have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was near he asked him saying. What will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said Lord that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. And if you wouldn't mind, if you're the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark what blind Bartimaeus has said twice as his prayer request, getting Jesus' attention, and verse number 38 and verse 39, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And with the Lord's help, we want to see this story, this encounter with this blind man and Jesus Christ and his simple prayer request Have mercy on me. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Jesus, as we come up to you now, we're asking that you would be with us. That this time together and open up your word would be profitable unto us. That we would learn more about you. That we would see your glory, your grace. That we would have our faith increased. 
because of this historical account. I'm asking that you would be with my mind and that you would be with my heart, my lips, my tongue. That we could tell this in such a way that would be profitable and helpful to these good folks here. I don't want to be a waste of their time. I want to encourage their faith. And only you and your word can do that. So once again, the best I know how, I surrender myself to you. Fill me with your spirit. You do a work and help us walking out of here with increased faith in you because of it. Lord, thank you. We know that you care. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we start off, as we find this historical account, let's first of all point out this blind man's faith. This blind man's faith. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ has now crossed the Jordan River. And he is on his way to Jerusalem. And as he crosses the Jordan River, he starts to arrive into the town of Jericho. And as he arrives in the town of Jericho, there's going to be lots of things that happen inside of Jericho. But as he's approaching the city... Jesus Christ is going to have an encounter with a man by the name of Bartimaeus. The gospel record of Luke doesn't name him, but he is named in other places inside of the gospel records. But now as we're hitting into uh, Jericho, maybe you could get an idea of what Jericho is. At this time, Jericho is more of a resort town. It's a place where more of the people go to get away. Jerusalem was only 15 miles away. But the road to the city was uphill and it transported the traveler from one weather zone to another. Jerusalem was 2,300 feet above sea level, whereas Jericho was 1,300 feet below sea level. And so there was quite a distance and the heat inside of Jericho was fierce. And so this is a resort town. It's hot outside. It's hotter than what it's going to be when it gets to Jerusalem. And as they're approaching the city, here is a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. Let's pick the story up in verse number 35. And it came to pass that as he came nigh to Jericho, a certain blind man sat in the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. So here's this man, blind Bartimaeus. He's sitting and he's listening as a crowd begins to um, uh, increase. Remember, Jesus has multitudes of people following him. If you can imagine, thousands of people following him. And thousands of people are not quiet. We know that if you've ever spent time inside of a high school, inside of a class where you tell them to be quiet, it still has a dull roar. You take them outside and it becomes their outside voice and it becomes a louder roar. Now you put thousands of people outside and they're all talking and uh, along the way and Jesus isn't currently teaching and so they're talking amongst themselves as they're traveling and so it is a roar that comes. And so blind Bartimaeus is sitting there and he hears this roar and he grabs a hold of somebody. What's this noise? What do we hear? And so they explain what's happening by verse 37. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. So at this time, Bartimaeus has heard the stories of Jesus. He has heard how Jesus has already raised the dead. He's made the lame to walk. He's already done so much. Blind Bartimaeus, of course, had his own issue. He was blind. From birth, had never been able to see. And so when he hears 
Jesus is coming. Jesus of Nazareth is coming. He immediately raises up his voice and says, verse 38, and cried saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now you say, why are you being so loud, preacher? Because he was loud. And why was he loud? Because he had to get his voice over a thousand people. He did not know where Jesus was at. He or Jesus was coming. And he had this big crowd and he wanted to make sure that he was heard over the crowd. And that no matter where Jesus was at, that he could hear them. He begins to cry out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now this is pretty big stuff. Notice the name of God that is used for Jesus here. I love the studies of the name of God. What is the name of God used for here? Thou son of David. Now this is a big deal. This statement of the son of David is carrying out the fulfillment of prophecy. It's called the Davidic covenant that God had promised David specifically that he would always have one of his seed to be the ruler of Jerusalem. And we know that Jesus Christ is the inheritor of this kingly line. And so when Bartimaeus is calling out and saying, Thou son of David, he's using a prophetic title from the Old Testament, applying it to Jesus by faith, saying, Jesus, you're the fulfillment of prophecy. You're the fulfillment of God's word. You're the fulfillment of what God had told to, to David. You are the Messiah. You're the one that come. You're just not Jesus of Nazareth. You're just not Jesus uh, the human. You're the Jesus who God prophesied to come. That's who I'm putting my trust in. That's who I'm putting my faith in. That you are the fulfillment of God's promises. You're the one who's going to sit on the throne. And rule eternally. That's the Jesus I want to get a hold of. That's the Jesus I want to hear. And so he's crying out. Jesus! Thou son of David! Have mercy on me! Now... If you don't have an issue and you just want to see Jesus as a spectator and all of a sudden this blind guy is having a complete conniption fit beside you yelling and screaming, well it could become a little bit annoying. Notice what the crowd does in verse 37 or verse 38, 39 rather, it's, we're getting there. And they which went before rebuked him. That's a nice word uh, that said they were Telling him, correcting him, that he should hold his peace. Shut up. You're being too loud. We can't hear. If Jesus begins to teach, we won't be able to hear. Stop shouting. And so blind Bartimaeus took their request under consideration and said this. But he cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Again, he doesn't know where Jesus is at. He hears that Jesus is coming and he wants Jesus' attention. He says, I'm not going to let you keep me away from getting Jesus' attention. I'm not going to let you to be quiet. Shut up. No, I'm not going to shut up. Jesus, I need you. Have mercy on me. Have mercy. And the people around him are getting more and more annoyed. And Bartimaeus doesn't care. He needs to get to Jesus. 
He needs to get Jesus' attention. He needs to make sure that Jesus knows he's there. And so with this crowd, thousands of people, there's a loud roar. And you have this blind guy on the outskirts of the crowd shouting, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Do you think Jesus heard? Of course he did. The second thing I want to show you is the blind man was heard. We saw the blind man's faith. Then we see the blind man was heard. Notice with me in verse 40. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was near, he asked him. Now think about this. In the midst of all the people, in the midst of all of this crowd, Jesus heard him. In... Um, the gospel record of Mark, it talks about the crowd goes to Bartimaeus and say, Be of good comfort. He calleth thee. Jesus heard him. In the midst of this crowd, in the midst of all of this crowd, Jesus heard him. And so Jesus goes and sends the people to go and get him. Be comfort. The master heareth you. And he brings him before Jesus. And for this big crowd, they bring this blind man to Jesus. He still can't see. He has to be helped to get to where Jesus is. And Jesus, with his nice soft voice, he asked him, verse 41, we see here, the blind man's sight, saying, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? What is your prayer request? What a direct question. What do you want? You know, many people go to Jesus for the wrong reason. But the blind man wanted to hear and <coughs> had, excuse me, that Jesus healing the blind <coughs> was what he had wanted. Now, you say, this isn't such a big deal. But it is when you understand the idea of miracles. In the Old Testament, there were many miracles that had been performed. Lepers had been cleansed. The dead had rised again. But the one miracle that had never been performed in the Old Testament was causing the blind to see. That was something that had never been done in the miracle, uh, in the miracles of the Old Testament. And so for the people who read the Old Testament, they had come to the wrong conclusion that one of the only ailments that could not be healed was causing the blind to see. And so there was others that could take faith and say, Jesus, you've healed the lame before. Can you heal my legs? Hey, Jesus, you've raised the dead before. Can you raise the dead? Hey, Jesus, you've, you've, I have healed the lepers before. Hear my leprosy. But Jesus had never, or at least in the Old Testament, there had been no blind receiving sight. And yet this blind man had enough faith that God could do anything, even the impossible, to make a blind man who had never seen before to be able to see. And so he gives the request, I want to see, heal my blindness, have mercy on me. I want to receive my sight. Notice what Jesus said in verse 42. And Jesus said unto him, receive thy sight Thy faith hath saved thee. This man had put his trust and his hope in Jesus. Not just Jesus the human, but Jesus the fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus the future king, the eternal king. Jesus the God, Jesus the Messiah. He put his faith in this Jesus. And it was 
able to heal him. What a wonderful God. Notice what happened. Verse 43. And immediately he received his sight and followed him. Well, blind Bartimaeus, he's no longer blind. What does he do? He follows Jesus. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to decide to follow after him. Because he's healed me, I'm so thankful I am going to follow him. Notice what else he did. He glorified God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Once he started praising God, it became contagious. Everyone else was excited too. Look at what God did. Look at everything that happened. Now, with this account of blind Bartimaeus, I want to teach you some things about prayer. Because we know that prayer is asking. And so there are four principles of prayer that I want to point out based off of this story. And I want to help you within your own prayer life. These four principles that we find about prayer in this historical account of blind Bartimaeus. The very first thing I want to show you and remind you from this story is that Jesus can hear us through a crowd. Jesus can he hear us through a crowd. So often I'll talk to people and they'll have objections or excuses of why they don't pray. And they, a lot of people have this common thing that there are 7 billion people plus in this world right now. Think of all the people that are praying at the same time. How in the world does Jesus sort through those requests? Well, let me remind you that he is God and he can do everything. And that he hears us. How does he hear my request out of everyone that's praying? Because God is able to take them individually and listen to them all. You know, think about this. That God is outside of time. That means he's not stuck in a time loop. Jesus can literally go and take all of our life and examine it from point to point. And then go take someone else's life from point to point. And it's almost like at that time, he has nobody at tension except for ours. He's just looking at us. He's outside of time. He could do that. He, he could look at us individually. What a wonderful God. That he can hear us in the midst of a crowd. And it's important. You know something else that we learn about prayer? Is that Jesus is never too busy to hear your request. Jesus is never too busy to hear your request. Sometimes we think that, man, think of all the things that God has to do. Sometimes I'll ask people, is there anything I can do to pray for you on? And they'll go, you know, don't worry. Save your prayer request for someone else. You know, I'm sure others need it more than me. Well, you know, your requests are important too. But they carry the idea that Jesus is too busy taking care of everyone else. That I'm not that important. I'm not that needy right now. But Jesus is never too busy to hear your request. One of the wonderful things about prayer is that when you talk to God, you don't get an answering service. You don't get an electronic message. You don't get press one for English, press two for Espanol, press three. You don't get call me later. You don't even get this where you have someone at the end of the phone and you're talking and they're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, or playing solitaire. This is a side thing, but it happens. I was talking to a missionary a couple months ago, and he was busy on the phone. And I could tell that he was busy, and so I just stopped talking. And he was still working around and going, every once in a while going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And I'd stopped talking. I was just silent on the phone. And he didn't know I'd stopped talking. He was still going, uh-huh, yeah. Jesus doesn't do that to us. 
Jesus is able to listen to our request. Doesn't matter how busy he is. My wife gives an illustration that it's almost like Jesus is a king. And if you don't mind, use your divine imagination. Jesus is the king of a kingdom. And there's lots of things going on in the castle. There are servants and things. There are people trying to get his request. But when you come up to the king, it's almost like he takes you, puts you in your la- his lap. And he looks at you and tunes out everything else that's going on. And at that moment in time, you are the most important person going on right now. Isn't that wonderful? That when you speak to him in prayer, it's not hurry up, I got to go, I've got to go take care of something else. You are the most important person and you have his undivided attention when you talk to him in prayer. Isn't that a comfort? That he is not too busy for you. Now we learn these principles from this account of blind Bartimaeus. That we learn that Jesus can hears us, hear us through the crowd. It doesn't matter how many people are praying at once. He hears you. That it, it doesn't matter how busy Jesus is. He's never too busy to listen to your requests. That he will listen to them attentively. He'll listen to them without distractions. He'll listen to you like you're the most important thing going on right now. Oh what a wonderful savior. What else do we learn about prayer here? Is that Jesus is able to answer the impossible prayers. Jesus is able to answer the impossible prayers. When Bartimaeus was calling upon the Old Testament prophecies of Jesus Christ. That also means that he had a working knowledge. That there was no healing of the blind in the Old Testament. So when he's asking for God to heal his blindness, he is asking for something that had never been done before and was impossible. And yet he had enough faith to ask the impossible. You know, sometimes our faith or lack of faith limits us that we fail to ask the impossible. We try to ask possible prayers Prayers that, you know, Jesus can kind of sort of do. It shouldn't be a big problem. Things that wouldn't ask him to do that much. Now, remember, even the impossible prayers are nothing to God. But they're big to us. And so we fail to answer or ask for impossible prayers. Especially impossible prayers that will glorify him. We could ask for the impossible because our God can do the impossible. Our God is able to answer impossible prayers. You know something else that we learn here as a principle? Is that number four. Jesus gives us permission to go to him boldly. When they asked blind Bartimaeus and they brought him to Jesus. Jesus says what is it that you want? What is Will thou that I shall do unto thee. Jesus gave Bartimaeus permission to ask. Now we see that in the story. But you know that God has given us permission to go boldly before his throne room of grace and ask him. Notice if you don't mind the book of Hebrews. And this is where we'll finish things off. The book of Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. And notice verse 16. As we're learning this thing about prayer. That Jesus has given us permission. 
So we're not taking something that hasn't been granted to us. We can go to God boldly. Notice with me Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, Let us therefore, so based off of all the promises that God had just given to us, especially with him being our high priest, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Now, I'm so thankful we've been given permission. That he's given us permission that, hey, you don't have to knock, just come in. Hey, you don't have to wait. You don't have to set an appointment, just come in. He says, I'm giving you permission to come boldly. Now, that word boldly doesn't mean rudely. But it carries the idea that he's granted us permission. That we have access. We can go to God at any time we want. That God does not have certain office hours. That at 2 o'clock in the morning, you don't have to wait until 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the morning. You can give your request in the middle of the night. I'm so thankful he has given us permission to approach him at any time. Because he is the high priest. Notice what we could ask there. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. What was it that blind Bartimaeus had been screaming to God? Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Jesus has given us permission. Now as much as those people were annoyed with blind Bartimaeus. We have permission of God to cry out for mercy. And it may annoy everybody else, but there's nothing wrong with saying, Jesus, have mercy on me. Mercy! Mercy! He gave us permission to go and to get his attention, to ask for mercy. And not only that we may ask for it, notice the word there, that we may obtain mercy. That means that it becomes a possession. It is something we could get. It is something that we could have. He has given us permission to go to him, not to be turned away. He has given us permission to go boldly to obtain mercy. What is mercy, by the way? Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I messed up. I know it is my fault. Mercy. Mercy, mercy, and that we could obtain mercy. It's not vain, empty yelling. It's not going to God knowing that he's going to turn us away and say, no, just go away. We could obtain mercy. But not only mercy, what else can we get at the throne room of grace that he's given us permission to go to and find grace to help in the time of need? You know, there are times that we need things, times that we need God to work, times that we need God to intercede. There are times that we need the impossible from God. And we have permission to go to God's throne room of grace boldly, permission to enter in, permission to ask him. And he's not going to say, what are you doing asking that? That's just... We have permission to ask him even the impossible, to find grace, to help in the time of need. That we could go to him and say, God, there is a need. There's something that needs to be taken care of. And we could go to him and we don't have to feel ashamed. You know, the way that our world sets up is that, you know, sometimes we feel ashamed when we have to go ask for help. I'm sorry that I have to ask for help. I'm sorry that, that, that I'm so needy. 
Jesus can say, if you could imagine, your divine imagination says, hush, I gave you permission to ask. Why do you feel bad about asking for help when I told you to come to me boldly and ask for help? You know, it's amazing that we do that. We have a hard time. We feel, you know, like, I don't know what we feel like, but I think we understand. Why can I go up to God? How can I dare come and ask him for help? Because he said we could. It's never a bother. Sometimes we feel like we're bothering people asking, can you help with this? Can you help with this? If you could forgive the personal illustration because of my back problems, sometimes I feel silly when there's something that dropped on the ground and I have to ask someone, can you pick it up for me? But I'm so thankful when we go to God, we don't have to feel silly. He's given us permission to go ask him, help, help, help. Oh, and that help covers so many things. Help my feelings, help my sin, help me with my temptation. Help me with this. Help me to deal with this. Help me to speak well. We can go to him and ask all of those things. Even the impossible things. Lord, I can't deal with this person. It is impossible for me to deal with this person. Help me to deal with this person. That's an impossible prayer sometimes that God could grant and ask. Lord, I don't know what to say to this person. Help me. And God could give you the words to say to that person. Oh, that help covers so much. What's really a shame is that God has given us permission to go to him boldly. Given us permission to go ask for mercy. Given us permission to go ask for grace in the time of need. And even after given permission, we still don't go. He said, I could. He said, you could come at any time. And we just wonder, oh, I wonder if I should go ask Jesus. I wonder if I should even bother Jesus with this. He said, come, I want you to come. Please come. He's given us permission to go. Isn't that a great God that we have? That Jesus Christ, what do we learn about prayer from this story, from this historical account? That first of all, that Jesus can hear us through a crowd. Your cries to him do not turn on deaf ears. He hears every single bit of it. That Jesus Christ is never too busy to hear your request. You are not a waste of his time. You are important to him. He wants to hear from you. That Jesus is able to answer even the most impossible prayers. And then Jesus has given us permission to go boldly to his throne. He's come, told us to go and ask him whatever we want. To ask those prayer requests. To ask for mercy. And to ask for grace in the time of need. He has given us permission. You ever wonder. Use my divine imagination. When he looks at us and said. You know I told him they could come and ask. Why won't they come and ask? Why are they struggling like this? They don't have to. I told them to come and ask me. Why won't they come? You know so many things. We fall short of just because we won't ask. We won't go to his throne room of grace and ask for one reason or for another. He's too busy. He doesn't want to hear from me. This is too small. This is too big. I don't want to bother him. Whatever excuses we come up with. When the simple fact is, he said, I give you permission 
to come and ask. Why don't you come and ask? Now I learned a long time ago that a message does not have to be eternal to be immortal. That we could take a small short message like this and it could have everlasting impact. What is it that you need to come talk to Jesus about? What is it that you know that you need? Is it mercy that you need? Is there something going on in your life that you need to get taken care of? Is there grace that you need? Is there something that you need answered? You need God to give you direction, wisdom. You need God to do an impossible prayer. You need God to do something. What is it? I'm telling you, according to the Bible, you have permission to go to the throne room of grace. Why wouldn't you when Jesus has given you an invitation? So what prayer request do you have tonight? Is it impossible? Ask God. Is it something you feel is small? Ask God. Is it something you need? Ask God. You have his permission. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.